For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. Have a lot to look back on with the weekend that was in football. Kyle, welcome. Let me ask you this, Joe. What did you enjoy more? The Saturday college slate or the NFL slate this week? Because I have a very definitive answer. Hmm. Interesting question. I enjoyed the NFL slate. I agree with you 100%. First of all, we knew going into this weekend, the college slate of games was not great, to put it mildly, right? You know, there's, I don't think there was a single matchup between ranked teams this past weekend. No, no. Uh, Alabama and South Carolina, to a certain degree, did not disappoint. South Carolina played scrappy. I think South Carolina should be super stoked about that freshman quarterback that they have. Uh, but by and large, entertaining games across much of the NFL slate. I mean, you had one-score games. Uh, Baltimore-Arizona was a one-score game. Uh, Detroit Chargers was a one-score game. Packers-Vikings, one-score game. Texans-Jaguars, one-score game. Uh, Seahawks-Pittsburgh, one-score game. Colts-Titans, one-score game. Like You just go right down the list. How about the end of that Chicago-Denver game, Joe? Right, right, right. End of the uh, Falcons-Eagles game. Fun. A lot of fun action yesterday on Sunday's uh, NFL slate. Yeah, unfortunately, I guess the two things that I'm left thinking most about coming out of the weekend is Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger, right? Yeah, like it sucks. Two teams that had aspirations this year. Teddy Bridgewater came in and did not play well. Mason Rudolph came in and threw an interception right away, but then I thought he settled in and played pretty good. But those are two teams that are built to win right now, and – that's uh, that becomes a little bit murky here when you hand over the reins to not, you know, future Hall of Famers and Ben and Drew. And here's the extra level to that, right? Is it's like both of these injuries, it's a throwing elbow and a throwing hand. Yeah. So like, even if they get to a point where they can step on the field, like it's no guarantee that these guys aren't going to be hindered the rest of the way with this thing. They said Drew Brees has a torn ligament in his thumb. He's going to miss uh, six to eight weeks. If he misses six weeks, that takes him to the bye week. They have a a week nine bye. So he would miss uh, six games, come back out of the bye to play the Falcons, and he would not miss either of the games against the Falcons, which is big. So let me ask you this, Joe. Looking at the Saints schedule, the next six games, I have it. They play the Seahawks, the Cowboys, the Buccaneers, the Jaguars, the Bears, and the Cardinals. Those are the next six weeks Drew Brees is guaranteed to miss. What's their record after those six games? Right now they're one and one. You know, you you love to for them to be three and three, but I think it's more of a two and four thing. So if they're two and four, 
I mean, wait, they can win. They could beat Bucks, Jags, and Cardinals, right? They could with Bridgewater. Yeah, they could go three and three, and then they'd lose to Seahawks, Cowboys, and Bears. I mean, I don't think that's unreasonable. I think the Saints should take that right now. Yeah, and that and that's that was kind of what I had said. I'd sent out a tweet this morning once the Breeze news hit. Said double digit wins for the Saints is very much still on the table if Teddy can win them three football games. Yeah, and that's what you're because looking to do with your backup. Now you're four and four. Yeah. And the back half of your schedule after the bye, you face the Falcons twice, in Tampa, the Panthers twice, uh, the Titans, the Colts, and the 49ers. And the 49ers and Colts are home games. Yes. So if you can go six, you can very realistically go six and two in that stretch. If you take one against Atlanta, beat Tampa Bay, sweep Carolina, who does not look like a good football team right now. Uh, you win your home games against San Francisco and Indianapolis. And then you still have wiggle room with the Titans game as a potential win and the other Falcons game as a potential win if you slip up along the way. Yeah, it's not the end of the world, right? Um, but you got to get three wins from Teddy. You do. You do. And, I mean, obviously Atlanta Atlanta stealing that win last night probably oh, sucks for Saints fans, you know, like across the board. Just uh, not a great eight-hour stretch in the lives of being a Saints fan on top of – uh, that Cam Jordan play, which was absolutely a fumble, and it should have been a touchdown the other way. How do you Who blow the whistle that, that late into it? What's that now? How do you blow the whistle that late into that know. play? It, it, remarkably stupid. Remarkably stupid. Of course, they didn't score, and there was no justice served whatsoever on that play. While we're in the AFC South, though, and my wife is a huge Carolina Panthers fan, they're only a game out, right? Like they're 0-2. They're, they've had two close losses. Cam is looking bad. But at the end of the day, everyone in that division is 1-1 one and, one and they're 0-2. It's not like it's – you're okay, kind of. Yeah, it's, it's not time to call you dead on arrival yet, but – Cam's not – he's cooked, so that's the problem. The, the, the offense is going to be a problem. They're going to have right. to run the ball. And, like, one of the big appeals of Carolina in their running game was you always had the power component of Cam. <laughs> They're not going to run Cam now. They can't run Cam now. He's got a shoulder issue and he's got a foot issue. So now you've got Cam without his arm velocity, without some of the accuracy that he's shown in the past, and he can't run the football. (laughs) Okay. Let's just go hand it to McCaffrey 30 times a game, huh? Rub bubble screens to Samuel and DJ Moore, and that's it. How about the end of that Broncos-Bears game? Oh. 16 to 14 football game, but that last five minutes couldn't have been more entertaining, man. Well, it was like Denver had it down inside the 10 and then threw a pick, right? And then yeah, Chicago Kyle, tried Kyle to Ford. push it back out. Yeah. Uh, they, they couldn't get more than like one first down. I think they ran five plays. And then they punted Denver, and Denver goes down. Two-minute offense, scores a touchdown. <laughs> They're going to go for two. They have a delay a game. <laughs> So then they push him back and they kick the extra point. They miss the extra point, but Chicago's offside. So then they move him back up and they do the two point conversion again and they get the two point conversion. And I'm going to let you take it from there, Joe. Uh, Mitch Trubisky gets the football back in his hands down by a point and uh, Flutter you know, finds a way to hit Allen Robinson deep over the middle. He gets down quick enough. He took his time, though. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't Ted Ginn getting down on Monday night against the Saints or against the Texans, call a timeout, and Eddie, Eddie Pinheiro from what, 50-something? 50 57, 50 I seven? think. Yeah. Makes everyone forget like, about bad kickers in Chicago. 
how worried are you about Trubisky at this point? Because he looked bad again. I understand it's Denver, right? Like it's a road game in Denver. That's a tough out. But he needed that 25-yard strike in the final minute to get to 120 passing yards. Yeah. Um, I I think Matt Nagy's hurting him a little bit. Yeah, I feel like this offense just has – it's too cute, man. The offense is too cute in Chicago right now, and I don't think it's playing well to Mitch. He's not been very productive. It requires a lot of timing. And obviously some of the preseason stuff mattered when we talked about the game last week, but they had 10 gate, 10 days to prepare for this game. And uh, he really kind of fluttered through it. Now, if there's anyone that has the book on Trubisky, it's Fangio, right? So, so there's that piece of it that we should keep in mind. And it is a road game and all those types of things, but Mitch has got to play better. Right. And he's got to be more, more of the reason why Chicago wins football games here in year three of his career. Right. So credit to him for making the big play in crunch time. Yeah. Uh, I thought he's going to run out of time. He's looking left on that plane. I'm like, dude, you got to come, <laughs> come find somebody else, man. And you have a timeout. The whole field's it. available. Right. And he did a great job climbing the pocket, and he put that ball right where it needed to be. One of my big takeaways from this game was, my God, Khalil Mack was gassed at the end of that football game. I'm sitting there like, okay, Khalil Mack has to win a matchup here and make a game-changing right, let's, play. Let, let's change the game. Dude. He could not get out of his stance. He was so winded. I know the Denver elements and all that really matter, especially late in the game. But like, I, I was like, you you could put some reserve offensive linemen out there, and they'll He's be able to get better, better yeah, <laughs> than Khalil Mack right now in the fourth quarter of this football game. Remarkable, oh, man. Speaking of remarkable, Dak Prescott, Joe. Yes, Dak is at a whole new level. I said this morning on social. I said. The biggest development of the first two weeks of the NFL Sunday in 2019 is how good of football Dak Prescott is playing. Um, Kellen Moore has just totally invigorated this offense with play action concepts, and Dak is destroying teams off play action, and he's letting the ball rip down the field. He's really pushing the ball vertically. He's super comfortable and confident. He's seeing the field well. And uh, this is a Big development for Dallas when you look at the landscape in the NFC and you think about because Joe, before the season, we picked Dallas to go 11 and 5. Yeah. And they missed the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know, like the same, the Drew Brees injury is going to be huge for the NFC playoff picture. Mm-hmm. But Dak kind of going the other way, looking for somebody that's, that's going to change the landscape in a good way. Dak's Dallas is going to be a tough out if Dak is able to really harness this all season long and they keep Cooper healthy and they keep Zeke healthy and they have this defense behind them. It's they're playing tremendous complimentary football right now. And the next level from Dak Prescott is really what's putting this team over the top that like they look dangerous. Devin Smith. 74 receiving yards, 51-yard touchdown pass. Like, Devin Smith lives, brother. How about it? (laughs) Good for him. Jason Witten with his second touchdown in as many weeks. That's always fun. I'm a big Jason Witten fan. But uh, this team ran the football well against the Redskins as well, right? 34 rushes, 213 yards to complement what Dak's doing through the air, which is a big jump because last week against the Giants, they only had 30 rushes for 89 yards as a team. So, uh, I'm sure some of the timing wasn't quite there with Zeke help holding out so much, but you know the Redskins are pretty stout front seven, and, and it was good to see from a Cowboys perspective 
them being able to rely on that identity and really complement what Dak did week one with that perfect passer rating against the Giants. So Cowboys fans, are, I'm sure they're swooning right now. And uh, this, like you said, the Breeze injury matters. The Rams are 2-0, and but it's kind of a funky looking 2-0. and uh, So the NFC is going to be fun all year, but right now you got to feel really good about it if you're a Cowboys fan. And that was like go, going real quick back to that Bears game. I mean, we talked about the dynamics of going 0-2. Chicago saved their season yesterday. Yeah, you can't. You can't, you can't in this NFC landscape fall to zero and two. No, can't do it. Can't do it. So what in the NFC? Our two and O teams are Dallas, Green Bay, who looks Los good. An- yeah, LA, Seattle, and San Francisco. There's three two and O teams in the West, and uh, so wouldn't that be something if three playoff teams come out of the West? I know there's 14 more games for everyone to play. It will not. <laughs> San Francisco played Tampa and Cincinnati. Everybody slow down. Uh, Dallas played Washington and uh, uh, the Giants. Doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> not going to okay. get into this game with you. All right. We had a we had a spirited phone call earlier this morning, but we're not going to reopen those wounds. No, I, I but I the spirited phone call mattered a lot to me because I know where you're – I understand more where you're coming from. And it's going to help me get through this football season with you. You realize part of it is just being an instigator, right? Oh, I've always known that. But I, it's the other component, which I will not reveal on this phone call. <laughs> Misery <laughs> loves company? It, it is. It is. It is. Comp- compounding your issues with the Miami Dolphins being the worst football team that's ever taken the field is the fact that maybe some of your friends are enjoying some success with their football teams. Yeah, I don't. I don't like watching my friends enjoy Things that I can't enjoy for myself. What an ass. 102 to 10, Joe. 102 to 10. On pace to give up over 800 points this season. What's the previous record? I know you know it. Uh, it's like 580. Oh, Jesus. Wow. They're going to kill yeah. it by 300 points. <laughs> That's what I mean. Oh, boy. Wow. Did you see, uh, do you know who Ty Schalter is? No, not a clue. He, Ty Schalter writes for. Uh, Three five eight or five thirty eight, yeah, which is like a data driven uh, news website. Uh, he had a chain of tweets last night. I'm going to read some of them real quick. Okay, I promise. The, the dolphin segment will be short today. The Miami pace, Dolphins are on pace to dot 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 go zero and sixteen, tied for the worst record ever. Allow eight hundred sixteen points, the most ever. Five thirty three is the previous high from the nineteen eighty one Colts. Allow ninety six touchdowns, the most ever. 68 is the previous high. Allow 464 first downs, the most ever. 418 is the previous high by the Kansas City Chiefs last year. Score 80 points, the fewest ever. 113 is the, the next lowest score. Uh, gain 3,072 total offensive yards, the fewest ever in a 16-game season by 300 yards. Throw 48 interceptions, tied for the most ever with the 62 Oilers. Average 3.5 yards per play, the least ever. Gained 32 first rounds, first downs rushing the ball, by far the least ever. The 92, uh, 92 by the 2018 Bengals is the next lowest. Allow 80 sacks, the second most ever. Allow opponents to convert 59% of their third downs, the highest ever by 10%. Sack opponents on just for negative 80 yards all season, by few the fewest ever, by about 200 yards of offense. There's more, but I'll stop there. I said to you four months ago, something along the lines of, you're going to hear some of the most ridiculous statistics in the world about this football team. You just have to weather 
it. You have to get through it because there's no fast forward button. And uh, this is what the Dolphins are purposely doing. It's incredible, though. It is. It's it's like there is not a single facet of the game of football that the Dolphins are not horrendously bad at. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing your favorite band in person or being there at the stadium to cheer on your favorite team. With Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program, you can attend the concerts and shows of your choice and earn credit towards your next live event. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events that you want to go to. You can sort by price or look up seats or sections in a row of your choosing all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has that loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back with the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. For the month of September, earn double back credit, 10 to 16% on all purchases through the Vivid Seats app. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app today. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shores and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, join the Rewards Loyalty Program today. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get into the building for your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Be right back after this. All right, Kyle. Feel better with the Dolphin stuff out of the way? I feel bad for you, man. No, you don't. I do. I've I've said I felt bad for you. you I said it. It's all right. It's all right. No, nope. I wouldn't feel bad for me. No, I, I said that the tanking thing sucks the most for the fans because you only get so many years of your life to watch your favorite team play. And it's got to work. It's got to work. And trust uh, the process. Trust the process. Here, You know what makes me feel better? Yeah. I had three bets down on Sunday Sunday football games. Yeah. Cardinals plus 13. Chiefs minus seven and a half and Jaguars plus eight and a half. Get them all. Got them all. Did you parlay them? You win like a million dollars. No, I just did individual bets. Should I let everyone know my news? Yeah, I think this is very exciting development for the, uh, the, the sake of the podcast. Uh, I placed uh, actual bets on football games this weekend. College First games. time ever. First time ever. Were I went gentle. Well, uh, they were. I went three, three in a push. So, okay, I, so you broke even. I broke even. Yeah, but you know what would have been the difference? Alabama. They would have covered if that idiot didn't have to rough the quarterback with eleven seconds left in the game on fourth down to give the South Carolina another play in which Ryan Helinski threw a touchdown pass to the tight end, and all of a sudden Alabama doesn't cover and Joe Marino doesn't make money. I got bad a baby beat. on the way. This can't happen. It's a bad. Hey, you didn't lose money. I didn't lose the other, so other losses. I your budget now. Just work within your budget on a weekly basis. Can I tell you, you my other loss? Was? This is the other one that pissed me off. Since when did Temple have the best defense in college football? When did that happen? Dude, what the hell happened in that game, brother? I do not understand <laughs> the kryptonite that the Temple Owls have over the Maryland Terrapins. You said it on the pod last week. But, you know, even even you weren't fully convinced, right? Greatest front seven I've ever seen in that game. This is unbelievable. I, I mean, I'm sitting there switching back and forth on channels for the 12 o'clock slate. And the first time I scroll past the temple game, I'm like, wait, what? It was like seven to two. I think I'm like, what on earth? Like Maryland had a track meet out here last week against Syracuse. <laughs> Supposedly good defense. And they can't even get a first down against temple. Jesus, man. 
<laughs> so Alabama Temple. The other one I lost was NC State. That was a bad bet. Uh, my push was Iowa, Kyle. You know, Iowa hasn't converted a two-point conversion since 2006. And what could, was the spread? Uh, one and one, one. It was one. One. Yeah. One. Well, um, I guess shame on us then, right? Stay away from the small bets for Iowa. <laughs> I would like to thank the Oklahoma Sooners, the Ohio State Buckeyes, and the Wake Forest Demon Deacons for getting uh, me back to even. Our Deeks. Our Deeks. Sage Sherratt, brother. He's fun. Holy cow. Yeah, let's talk about Sage Sherratt. I think that is an appropriate measure for us to take. Um, career game, yep. right? I mean, I don't know what his exact stat line was, but he they fed him the ball. And, like, if Wake would have ended up losing the game, they would have had no one to blame but themselves because they stopped going after what was working, which was Sage Sherratt. Where is uh, – here it is, right here. Um, though this is not it. Wow, Jonah Tolls, good job using the exact same feature image that I uh, use. Um, all right, so <laughs> Sage Sherratt, nine receptions, 169 yards, and a touchdown. Check this out. He had 79% of Wake Forest's passing yards. They had 214 in the game, and Sage Sherratt had 169 of them. This dude is uh, a pretty special all-around player. He's like the all-time leading scorer for basketball – in North Carolina State history, and he's the all-time leader in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns in the state of North Carolina high school football history. He's committed to Harvard, right? He says, no, nah, Wake Forest has a better business program, and I want to play in the Power Five football. Boss. Yeah. Boss. What a guy. He's like, you know what? Screw Harvard. Wake Forest is better. It may be. Wake Forest is a great university in terms of its business program, but uh, – he, uh, you know, he left behind the hardcore after a great career, focusing on football, focusing on 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 business, getting a great education, and it's good to be Sage Sherratt. Never mind, like he's gonna have a chance to play. He's good, yeah. Like, if you go to Harvard, do you even get a look? I'm sure you get a look. <laughs> like somebody finds you. Yeah. But his ability to make money early on in a, in a potential pro career, yeah is exponentially higher because he's playing in a power five school. He's also a very good punt fielder. He's not a good punt returner. Yeah. I said, I just careful with fielder. <laughs> that matters, right? Like not a, like there's, yeah. there's good punt returners. that can't catch a ball. Just sit back there and fair catch. It. Let's uh, what, what's his name? Uh, Ray, Ray Armstrong. No, Ray, Ray McLeod. Ray, Ray McLeod. That's right. Yeah. He's just, Ray, yeah. Ray, 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 how many punts he dropped this week? Two. Two, but brother, like he's been doing it his whole career with the Bills, with Clemson. It's just part of what happens for Ray Ray McLeod when he's back to field putts. He doesn't catch it cleanly. He, he had he more dropped, fumbles than touchdowns in his cl- career at Clemson. He dropped two two on that Thursday night game, and I'll be damned if one of the ones he didn't pick up and, and run back for like thirty yards. Right, right. His third one. <laughs> I couldn't believe he kept putting back there. back there. Right. Jesus, man. Um, for every two muffs, you get one thirty yard return. I think two two prospects this weekend that I, I thought really did helpful things. First of all, Najee Harris running back from Alabama, uh, showing his ability as a receiver. Steve Sarkeesian has him had him flexed out at receiver a couple times, ran routes, caught a ball. He had five catches for 87 yards in this game. Let's keep in mind he only had 10 in his first two seasons in Alabama, only yep. four last year. So he had more receptions on Saturday against South Carolina than he did in 15 games last year. And so we know that he's a physical, powerful dude. But, you know, what's going to help a guy like him really have some value in terms of his draft stock 
is being multifaceted. And so now you're complimenting a really powerful back with, with some receiving skills, and that was a really big game for his draft stock. The other guy that I wanted to mention was Damon Arnett from Ohio State. Uh, three really good plays on the ball. I know he's been inconsistent in 17 and 18 with his tape, but his pick six went 96 yards to the house. He took another touchdown off the, off the board by uh, raking out a football after it was kind of already secured by the Indiana receiver, had another pass breakup. And so you're, you'll get teams to kind of overlook some inconsistency in coverage if you can make plays in the ball. And I think two guys that really helped themselves this weekend were Arnett and Harris. I was really impressed with Tyler Johnson's performance for Minnesota Gophers this week. Yeah. Uh, 10 catches for 140 yards and three touchdowns, um, including a game winner in the final minute of that football game. I uh, thought he showed out really well. Uh, another one who showed out well in a little bit more high-profile matchup, Isaiah Simmons had a hell of a football game against Syracuse Orange. Yes, he did. I think he had 11 tackles, uh, three, three-and-a-half tackles for loss. He had two sacks in the game. Um the athleticism is just mind numbing with him. His how, frame. How explosive he is in his frame at like yeah. 6'4, 230. Unbelievable. Unbelievable uh, athlete. Where would you put him on the spectrum of I know they're they're kind of different players because one of these players played a little bit more stand-up outside linebacker as well as off the ball. And uh Simmons is more of a kind of safety linebacker hybrid. But from an athleticism perspective, this is the the best thing we've seen since Tremaine Edmonds, right? Ooh, really interesting. Um, wow, like they're very they're different players in how they're used. But I'm just <laughs> looking at the like the raw physical package. Yeah, of like, this yeah. guy's probably going to play off ball linebacker in the NFL. Yeah. The, the size whole time, and explosiveness is dynamic. Who yeah. are you thinking I was going to go with? No, I was waiting. The whole time I was waiting. I'm like, all right, Kyle, give me the player so I can start thinking of my thoughts here. And you held on to him to the end there. And so, um, I mean, Tremaine's like 250, right? Not 245, maybe. Yeah, I mean, pretty similar, right? Yeah, no, I, I think, I don't know, Simmons might be more athletic than Tremaine, to be honest with you. And I you obviously, know, you know, I love Tremaine. Re- yeah, really kind of rare dudes. That's, uh, that's, that's interesting. And I think linebackers like that matter so much, right? With like RPOs and oh, stuff in the NFL. Yeah. That length, that, like that ability to move. Yeah, the you need that. To take away the throwing windows is huge. In the, right. In and the that's, that's why, I mean, some of the brightest young linebackers in the game are guys like Leighton Vanderesk and, and Tremaine Edmonds, guys that have that rare length and, and mobility. And it really matters with the way teams are playing offense right now. Joe, do you have any parting thoughts? For the podcast, for the people. <sighs> Parting thoughts. Uh, Anything on the mock draft today? Oh, yeah, I forgot you did a mock draft today. Well, um, didn't. Uh, well, I did for the sake of this podcast. Um, check out Kyle's mock draft. He gave his projected record finish to your favorite team. So if not only you want to get upset about the player that he has you drafting, you can also get pissed off about where he has your team drafting and his projected record. So at grinding no, the tape no, with any nobody's, rights you have. Nobody's pissed off about players. They're just p- pissed off about the records. Right. Animal for putting that out great. there. It's kind of great. Animal. Um, yeah, how many, but, you had how many 4-12 teams? Like seven? Uh, No. Eight I teams had, at 4-12 or less. Yeah, I had eight teams with uh, four wins or less, which <laughs> actually that happened as recently as 2013. Yeah, so not that crazy. I think the the Bucks were four and twelve and pick seventh that year, and they got Mike Evans. Certainly, uh, which which fan base do you think was the most upset with me for the schedule, or for the record prediction? 
uh, upset with you. Yes. It's uh, not the Bills. Not no, the I didn't think it'd be the Bills. The Bills Bills fans are thinking about being 3-0. and You know, they're not thinking about the draft. Uh, oh, 49ers, 5-11. Yeah, they're pissed at you. Got to be 49ers. That one, that one got a lot of folks. I got a lot of kickback from having the Steelers at 10-6. and six. They said it's too high. <laughs> and I got a lot of kickback from the uh, uh, people saying I lost all credibility because I gave the Dolphins two wins this year. Well, well, I think you kind of made your point about 10 minutes ago on this podcast. Where are you finding those two wins, brother? Uh, listen, they play Cincinnati in December. Got a home game against the Bills. You know, that should be a walk they, in the they park. They play the Giants in December. Yeah. Not to say they might not steal one somewhere. You know, you know, they go one and one in those two games that are both winnable games, even for as bad as that team is, and maybe steal one somewhere else. Yeah. Hosting the Bills, right? Yeah, hosting the Bills is a home, home win. Yeah. I, let me tell you how much it beat me up that I we already have a damn set of ties in here. <laughs> Sucks, right? It's just hideous. Like you, <laughs> you look at the the layout of like the records and all that. Yeah, like twelve, thirteen, and one. Even your original tweet looked bad just because of that. You know, I know it was all this extra clutter. Yeah, it's bad. Thanks, Kirk or Cliff Kingsbury, punting oh, with was, like a minute left from the forty. Is that a Freudian slip there with Kirk Cousins? You want to talk about that decision he made at the end of that game? Yeah, it was first and goal, Kyle. It was first and goal. That was that was Trubisky level bad from week one. Jesus, man, first and goal, Kyle. He did that. Just heaved it, faded back, and heaved it into double coverage. Cross your fingers and hope for the best. The hell Um, was that? All right, let's end with that. All right, what teams can you feasibly say right now are in the quarterback market for twenty twenty? I'm writing about that this week on thedraftnetwork.com. So we'll uh, I'll save my thoughts. Yep. Yeah, this Breeze and Roethlisberger stuff really affected me. It spoke to you, huh? Yeah, yeah. Carolina. Chill. Indianapolis. All right, we'll, we'll leave it there. We'll let it hang. Thanks for listening to Draft Dudes Podcast. Come see us again tomorrow. We got takes on takes. Should be a good time. Get your takes into at the Joe Marino and at Grinding the Tape. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.